All right, guys, before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to thank the major sponsor of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, Unify Health Supplements. Unify have the highest quality ingredients on the market along with the best tasting products. You guys can head to unifyactive.com and use the code DJK10 to get 10% off all products on the website. So that's DJK10 at unifyactive.com to save 10% on all products with Unify Health Supplements. Let's get stuck into the show. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another solo episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. And today, I am going to be diving straight into how to plan and structure your meals for fat loss. So, Growing up, I tried absolutely everything there was to understand how nutrition works. You know, I was trying to build muscle mass. I was trying to get lean pretty much both at the same time, which is which was my first mistake. But I tried every different nutritional protocol under the sun. All right, and I eventually understood how nutrition works and the science of how nutrition works in terms of energy in versus energy out. And obviously, there's, there's more detail to that, but the very basics and the fundamentals of energy any form of body composition change is understanding the balance of your energy. Okay, so how much you are taking in from food and drink and whatnot and how much is coming out on average. So the first thing we really need to understand, and I've done episodes that are very specific on this topic of tracking your macros, knowing your calorie intake, understanding what a calorie deficit and calorie surplus are and whatnot. So feel free to go back through and have a listen to those episodes if you want to understand more around that topic specifically. But the very first step is knowing how many or at least roughly how many calories we need on a daily basis in order for us to change our body composition in the way that we want. So in this case, for fat loss, all right? So I'm going to assume that you know at least roughly how many calories you need to be eating daily or at least on average across the week in order to put yourself in a calorie deficit, which means we're expending more energy than we're taking in on average. And over time, assuming that we're not going too low in calories and assuming that we're hitting our protein minimum, which as a rule of thumb for myself and for my clients, I like to stick to at least two grams of protein per kilo of body weight. So if you're a 60 kilo individual, that's 120 grams per day. If you're 80, that's 160 grams of protein per day and so on. Now, if we go over that protein minimum, that's completely fine, but this is our benchmark. This is what we want to hit at least per day. Okay. And this stays, this remains the same regardless of what our calorie intake is in my opinion. So in a fat loss phase, I prefer to have protein a little higher. When I'm in a surplus and a gaining phase, because we're taking in a surplus of energy, we don't necessarily need to have protein as high. But just as a rule of thumb, keep it at two grams at least per kilo of body weight. So we've ticked the first two boxes, right? We know how many calories we need. We know we need to hit a protein minimum. Now, if you're tracking your carbohydrates and fats specifically, that's completely fine as well. That's something that I've done in the past and You know, I tried absolutely everything, to be honest, growing up, and it wasn't until I gained the confidence and the assurance of knowing that what I was doing works, and it always will work, which took the stress completely away. And that's what I hope for you guys to get out of listening to these nutrition episodes on the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, is to take any of the guesswork and stress away from seeing results, right? But in this instance, you know, I'm going to assume you know how many calories you need, 
And from there, what I like to do is look at my food intake like a financial budget on a daily basis. So, you know, I've spoken about previously how we can either have the same amount of calories on a daily basis or because once we know what our calorie deficit is, if we times that by seven, that's what our total calorie intake should be across the week. So if we want to allocate those calories in any way we want across those seven days, that's completely fine. So, you know, if we want to cut some calories off for five days, reduce our intake a little bit and then add them back on to the sixth and seventh to make two days a little higher, which allows us a bit more flexibility and freedom socially and whatnot, that's completely fine. But for this instance, let's just say we're, we're having the same amount daily. Um, and it doesn't matter how many that is for you because these rules will still apply. Okay. So this is just me explaining to you how I approach my meals on a daily basis. And to be honest, a lot of the time I will keep my meals quite similar. So I think the mistake that a lot of people make with flexible dieting and tracking calories and whatnot is once you realize you've got that freedom, it's like you almost go too hard in the opposite direction. So you're trying to choose all different types of shit every single day to fill your calorie intake in. And that's when it gets overwhelming. That's when it becomes quite consuming in terms of tracking on my fitness pal, in terms of being obsessed with those numbers day in, day out. But in my experience and what I've been doing with pretty much every single one of my clients now, unless they're at you know significantly low levels of body fat, is tracking calorie intake and protein minimum. The carbohydrates and fats ratio tends to be pretty much whatever as long as we're taking care of the other two. And then, of course, I'm aiming to get majority of my calorie intake from nutrient-dense, more healthy options. Okay, so just think of your body like a sports car. If you've got a Ferrari and you're providing it with the shittest fuel possible at the service station, then you're not going to be surprised when it breaks down or doesn't perform well. Right, so every single one of you should be thinking of your body like a sports car. We have one body, we have to take care of it. It's it's an incredible fucking thing. Like when you start to look into the human body, it's amazing what the human body can do. And I don't think enough people treat it with respect, right? So if you want to perform well, um, look great, feel great, and take care of your health long term, then obviously we want to be choosing the healthier options when possible. All right, so... Let's get into it. So now that I know how many calories I need, as mentioned, I like to think of my day with in terms of calories like a financial budget. So I like to work backwards and this applies for most things I do, right? When I set goals, I'll set my big goals and figure out the intentions. Um, I'll figure out the habits that are necessary and I'll reverse engineer the steps that need to be taken in order for me to get to that goal or at least move in the right direction. So with my food, one of the mistakes that I see a lot of people make is, as mentioned before, because we have so much freedom with choosing whatever we want to eat, as long as we stick to our calories, we end up kind of fucking ourselves by either having a huge meal early in the day and then not having many calories to work with until, you know, for the rest of the day, which makes it quite difficult and can also obviously lead to binge eating and overeating and whatnot. Or the opposite, we get to the end of the day and we've got a fuckload of calories left over and people tend to get in the habit of then just saying, all right, well, you know, some they think that less is more, right? So if I'm just if my target's twenty five hundred, but I've only got to two thousand, then what's the harm in just having two thousand today? And the same happens the next day, and and before you know it, it's been five days where you've under ate significantly, and it's going to lead to overeating or binging or losing muscle mass and whatnot, and metabolism slowing down over time. So try and stick to that calorie target as often as you can. So. First thing I do is I get out my my fitness pal app in the morning 
And for those that are new to this, the pushback is always like, you know, fuck that. I don't want to have to track on my fitness pal. Uh, I don't, I don't have time to do this. I don't want to take it that seriously. I'm like, well, man, you either want to see results or you don't. If you, if you genuinely want to see results and you're serious about it and you don't want guesswork involved, then I'm sure you can spare a couple of minutes every single day on my fitness pal. Especially considering we're probably spending fucking hours on social media, which is not helping you achieve pretty much anything, right? So just firstly, you need to make that commitment. And it can be whatever app you want. I just use my fitness pal. So I'll go in and I'll look at when I feel like I need my calories most throughout the day. So for me, I train most mornings. I try and get it done in the morning. So because I start work so early, I don't typically have a meal until later in the morning. Um, and I'm not that hungry. Like I'm getting up between 4 and 5 a.m. every single day and I don't necessarily feel like getting up and eating straight away. So I'll have you know my supplements in the morning, plenty of water, maybe a black coffee or whatever. And then post-training. So, so what you need to do is kind of look at the foundation of your meals through the day. So I know that I'm going to have a late breakfast. I want to have quite a big lunch and then I want to have a bigger dinner. And then I'm going to fill in the gaps. So what I like to do is first thing when I'm tracking on my fitness pal is I'll track in that first meal. For me, it's often a smoothie. So I'll put in all the ingredients. You can save that as a meal in my fitness pal so you don't have to do it every single time you, you want to track. So I've got my calorie target. I've taken the calories away from the breakfast. Then I add in my lunch. Same thing. At the moment, I'm having plenty of my muscle chef meals and I'm also quite lazy with cooking, but it could be whatever you want. If you've prepped some meals for the week, if you know you're going to be going out for lunch, whatever it may be, it's always planning ahead. So I plan those three meals. So I put in my breakfast, the smoothie, I put in the lunch, I put in the dinner. So then what we have left over is our calorie buffer, like the calories that we have left over for the rest of the day. And that's what we're going to fill the gaps in with in, in times where we feel like we'll need it most. So if you know that you're training in the evening and you like to train off a lot of carbohydrates, then obviously you're going to try and map out the meals that are going to time well with when you're going to train or when you feel like you're hungriest. If you're someone who's not that hungry at night, then obviously you're going to have majority of your calorie intake in the earlier part of the day. Whereas for me, I'm hungry as fuck at night. I like to snack and, you know, catch up on some work or watch TV or whatever it may be at night before bed. So I like to have a lot of my calories later in the day. So breakfast smoothie is typically only around maybe 500 calories, 400 calories. Um, Lunch would probably be around the same. So there's a thousand calories gone. Dinner, as I said, I like to have a a little bit uh, higher. So that might be, let's say, seven or 800 calories. So we've already got 17 or 1800 calories that are gone from the day we now have reverse engineered what is left over and this is where it starts to get enjoyable and this is where you can play around with the the food choices so i always like to keep my food choices quite flexible okay so rotating food sources around particularly after i've tracked those main meals the remaining calories is what i kind of play around with because the other meals stay quite similar day in day out so if i know just let's just use the example of a thousand calories right I've plugged in my main meals before I've even eaten them and I know I've got a thousand left over. Now I start to look at when I think I'll need them most. So if a friend calls up or texts and said, let's go out for coffee and or whatever, then, you know, I'll allocate some of those calories to that. If uh, someone else goes, oh, do you want to go out for a drink tonight? I know I've got X amount of calories to use um, on however many drinks I want to have. If it's just making sure that I have a nice dessert after dinner, I can allocate some of those to them and, you know, i give you a few examples of what I like to use kind of those leftover calories on. It might be adding in some fruit to get some more micronutrients. Um, 
I've been having a lot of oat bars and stuff lately as well. Popcorn is really nice as well, which is super low calorie. Um, I'll always try and have some form of ice cream at night. So for me, it's usually like Halo Top or something like that that's lower in calories and has a little bit of protein in it. Um, what else? What else have I been having lately? You know, it might be rice cakes and peanut butter. Um, I've been having these these lollies lately that are like high fiber. I think they're called Smart Sweets. Um, yeah, Smart Sweets. And they're really nice. But the whole point I'm trying to get to here is I'm ticking all the boxes, right? So I'm reverse engineering what's left over. So I know I'm not going to get stuck between a rock and a hard place. If I've already allocated calories for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I know I've got X amount to play with, and it might be a thousand, it might be 500, it might be 200, 300, whatever it ends up being for you. We then save ourselves the risk of pretty much fucking up, right? And overeating early in the day and having nothing left. Or as I said before, having not enough early in the day and having way too much towards the end of the day. And I'm a firm believer in until, like I said earlier, until you get to levels like extremely low levels of body fat, meal timing has very little relevance, okay? Unless it's in regard to training performance. Um, The amount of meals you're having means absolutely fuck all. In my opinion, I think three should be probably the minimum just in terms of muscle protein synthesis and spreading out the amount of protein you're having throughout the day so you're not having a huge chunk in one go and your body not utilizing enough of it or not having you know, you're reducing the frequency of the muscle protein synthesis. Um, when when I talk about muscle protein synthesis, like think of that like a light switch. If I have, uh, let's just use a very easy example. Again, not great with numbers, but let's say I'm trying to have 90 grams of protein across a day, which is fucking nowhere near enough. But let's just use that example. If I have one meal with 90 grams of protein, my muscle protein synthesis is like being turned on, right? Like a light switch, I've turned it on. But just because I've had 90 grams in one meal doesn't mean that the protein synthesis or the benefits of that protein is going to be bigger because there's more protein. It's like turning a light switch on and then trying to push it harder so the light gets even brighter. Not going to happen, right? Whereas if I break that up into three lots of 30 grams, now I've had a higher frequency of that muscle protein synthesis throughout the day. Getting back on track, um, you can start to see how this becomes really easy. It becomes fun. It becomes very carefree and and stress-free when we're talking about choosing the foods we want. And it really minimizes the chance or the risk of fucking up daily. And it also gives us a really good foundation to build off. So if we know that our main meals are pretty much the same each day, then we have those locked in. We, we know the nutrients that's going to be in, in them. It takes a guesswork out. But then we also have that freedom, like I said, to have some ice cream after dinner, to go out for a drink with a friend, to go out for an unplanned meal or coffee with a friend, or to be able to snack while you're watching a movie and not have to worry about overeating, okay? And as long as we're trying to aim for that, you know, majority of these calories coming from the healthier, more nutrient-dense options then it's okay to have things that aren't necessarily seen as healthy, okay? Because our bodies don't, you don't eat like a a piece of pizza, right? And your body goes, oh, fuck, look at this fat fuck. He's had a piece of pizza, so now I'm just going to get fat. It doesn't work like that. It it works off, on average, our energy in versus our energy out. Now, that pizza may not have been the highest quality calories, but they're still calories. Our body still has to convert them or, or store them or use them depending on how much we've had on average and how much we've expended. Okay, and that's 
where you need to kind of wrap your head around this because it should not be stressful. There should be no guesswork and it should be very simple. So I'm not a massive fan of sending meal plans to clients, but you know, if someone does want more structure, this is what I'll do. I'll say, all right, well, this is our main meals. Okay. This is, you know, if you want just breakfast and if you just want, sorry, lunch and dinner and you want to skip breakfast, that's fine. If you want to have three main meals, so breakfast, lunch, dinner, if you want me just to plan your dinner or just to plan your lunch and you can reverse engineer the rest of it yourself and just pick and choose what you want, then so be it. But it's super simple and I want you guys to get your head around it because you should all be seeing results and I know how hard some people work in the gym. And, you know, for me, I, I like look at people not seeing these results and I know that it's not because of the lack of work ethic. It comes down to just not having the education around the nutrition. And that's why I'm doing an episode like this because I just think it'll help a lot of people and hopefully it can help you. The last thing I wanted to mention is with my fitness pal in particular, do not add in your training into the app because what it's going to do is if you go and do a workout and you burn 500 calories and you plug that into my fitness pal, it's going to then tell you to eat back the 500 that you ate because then it kind of takes it away from the amount of food that you've eaten for the day, giving you the illusion that you should eat it back. What happens there is it pretty much just cancels out, you know, that calorie deficit now because we are assuming that the the amount that we're aiming towards for that day is based off an average of how much we're training per week. So because it's an average, if I have a day where I'm doing pretty much fuck all, but it's meant to be a rest day, it doesn't mean that I should then just eat way less that day because I haven't done anything because we've figured out our calorie intake on average across the week. Now, you may decide that on that rest day, you don't want as many calories because you'd prefer to take some of those from that day and allocate them to a day where your training load is a lot higher or you've got a social event or whatever it may be and that's fine as well um but just be smart about it and start to think of it like a game start to think of it like a financial budget suit it to yourself there's no one size fits all and you know there's no fucking meal plan that your friend's going to get that you should follow as well because it's not the same we're all different okay we all have different preferences we all have different metabolisms we all expend you know different uh amounts of energy you could do the same fucking session as your friend exact same session you could be the same height weight age gender whatever do the same session and burn a different amount of energy okay so it's very different from person to person but it's also very simple all right so hopefully these tips help you guys um as i said don't make it harder than it needs to be reverse engineer it plan those meals out to suit you um enjoy your food have fun with it it shouldn't feel like you're dieting at all if you are in a fat loss phase and you're you're just below your maintenance. You're still eating the food you enjoy most. Like I've said this before, but when I'm in a fat loss phase or a gaining phase, the foods I eat are pretty much the same. The quantities just change a lot. Okay. And that's how it should be for everyone in my opinion. All right. So make that change if you haven't already. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode. If you've taken some value from it and you feel like you've learned something in this episode, it'd mean the world to me if you could share it with a friend or take a photo, screenshot it post on your Instagram story, tag me. I'd love to hear some feedback from you guys. And of course, subscribe if you haven't already to the show. Um, we've got plenty of really cool stuff coming up and I'm, I'm really pumped. And this was one of those episodes where I kind of just recorded it. Um, just cause like just out of nowhere. I, I, I made a video on this this morning on social media. Um, I might chuck a link to that in the show notes, but I just thought, you know, I want to try and have these solo episodes to the point where it's pretty, so like straight to the point, but it's also something that's going to be very valuable to everyone who tunes in. And as I said, hopefully this helps you. So 
Thanks for listening. It means the world to me. Um, I hope you're having a fantastic day, a great week whenever you're listening to this, and I can't wait to share the next one with you guys as well. Thanks.